Welcome back. Mike here, and I get to talk to somebody who I call a friend, even though our lives and our careers have taken us into different parts of America and we haven't been able to hang out. We used to work together at The Blaze back in the days, and uh, he's one of the smarter people I know, which always mystifies me that he would hang out with me. His name is Benjamin <laughs> Weingarten. I call him Ben. Because he's just, he's just a normal guy. But he's one of the, as I said, one of the smartest people I know in the conservative world, in any world. Ben, welcome to the program. Mike, thanks so much for having me for that most kind introduction. And I will say that you are one of the most decent people I've ever worked with in this business or any business. So I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. Wow, that means a lot because this business, as you know, is riddled with all kinds of curious individuals. And and you've written a book about one of them. How's that for a radio <laughs> transition, Ben? Uh, you, you've written a book, a new book called American Ingrate. Ilhan Omar and the progressive Islamic takeover of the Democratic Party. Couldn't be a better time for this book to be out, Ben. There's just so much to talk about. Uh, did you actually get to sit down with Omar? I reached out to her campaign on several occasions. Uh, naturally did not hear a response because they essentially don't respond to anyone who actually subjects her to scrutiny. When they do respond, they usually respond with innuendo and attacks. And actually, I guess as a testament to my book or a credit to it, first of all, within 24 hours after it coming out, and we did this very sort of under the radar, didn't tip a lot of people off to the fact that it was coming. Within 24 hours, she set her own memoir for pre-order on Amazon to try to take away some of the luster, I think, of my book. And then subsequently, her campaign team put out a fundraising letter where they viciously attacked and smeared me, not by name, and my book without giving away the title. So I think it's a real testament to the power of the book, the merit of the book, and also reflective of the fact that they don't take too kindly to any sort of scrutiny or criticism. And as I argue in the book, Ilan Omar should be held to the same standards of scrutiny as everyone else. And when you do hold her to those standards of scrutiny, it illustrates not just the alleged criminality or her ingratitude, as the title suggests, but also the real danger she actually poses and symbolically the danger that her and the progressive cohort who supports her pose to the American way of life. You're, you're so right. And it mystifies me that this woman has garnered so much influence in the party in such a short period of time. I also have a, the same jaw-dropping response to the rest of the squad, the AOCs and the Ayanna, Ayanna Presleys and the Rashida Talibs. But Omar seems to be the one that irritates me more than any of them. And I, I think it's because of her dismissive attitude to anyone who dares to question her, as, as you brought up here that she will call everyone else a fascist while shutting down anyone who wants to have a dialogue with her, especially when you're trying to write a book. Uh, by the way, Ben, when they posted the pre-order for her biography on Amazon, I'm just betting if people pulled up that page, you know, on the bottom where Amazon says, if you ordered this book about Ilhan Omar, <laughs> you might want this one. I'll bet your book shows up. 
<laughs> well, and I can tell you the funny thing is when you search her name on Amazon as of today, at least my book is a top her book. So uh, that's pretty <laughs> funny. And I'm sure that really sticks in their craw a little bit. But I, I really wrote this book in the most sober and objective way you possibly can when dealing with a controversial figure. So there are around 1200 endnotes backing every single assertion I make in this book. And part of it the beginning of the book sort of deals with her unexplored roots background and how that might contribute to her worldview and her dismissive view of America. And one of the things that I found that's fascinating and intriguing and that readers will pick up in American Ingrid is the fact that she actually came from the lap of luxury, a life of privilege in progressive parlance in her native Somalia where she grew up. And her family was a prominent family under a Marxist Islamic, Islamist rather, regime, dictatorial regime, ruled by fear, corruption, persecuting enemies. Her family prospered under that regime. And then when Somalia fell into civil war in 1991 and that regime fell out of power, her family had to flee. They ended up in Kenya in a refugee camp. And lucky for her, they ultimately ended up being able to come to America, where she worked her way up, as you said, to the pinnacle of power. This is a first-term congresswoman who can basically act with total impunity, do or say whatever she wants. Her party will never push back or censure her. And now she really stands at the pinnacle of power as the campaign co-chair in the pivotal 2020 state of Minnesota for the Democratic frontrunner, Senator Bernie Sanders. This is someone who recently put out a battery of bills on foreign policy that Ben Rhodes from Barack Obama's National Security Council called the new progressive baseline. And she sits on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, again, dealing with the most sensitive information of all on national security. And as I talk about in the book, she colludes with our worst adversaries as well. And that alone should scare Americans, but that she has accumulated all of this power and that the party has not just condoned it, but actually embraced her, means that 50% of the country is represented by someone who represents a movement that at core is anti-American. And I go into great detail in this book to make that case. We're talking to Ben Weingarten. He's a friend, a former colleague of mine at The Blaze, and he's now out on his own. You can go to his website, benweingarten.com, but you can also pick up his book about uh, Ilhan Omar, the title American Ingrate. Ilhan Omar and the progressive Islamic takeover of the Democratic Party. Uh, ben, you haven't even mentioned the one thing that I find possibly the most irritating about Ilhan Omar, at least the one thing that seems to get a free pass among all the other free passes she gets. This woman, to me, is an anti-Semite. She is not a fan of the greatest, the greatest ally we have in the Middle East, and that's the state of Israel. In fact, she seems to be siding with those who would like to see Israel gone. And yet she never seems to get called out on that, at least not with any consequence. How does that even happen? Yeah, what I would suggest is, first of all, you're absolutely right. There is a tendency among some people to excuse anti-Semitism as mere anti-Zionism. You, you hate Israel, you hate the Jewish state, you side with both foreign adversaries and BDS, which seeks to destroy the Jewish state, but somehow you don't hate the Jewish people, which really doesn't pass muster. And I don't think anyone really takes it seriously. And as I document in the book, 
she checks off every single box of the internationally recognized definition of anti-Semitism, all the examples that the U.S. State Department lists in terms of anti-Semitic rhetoric and positions. And as you noted, she sides with America's worst adversaries and Israel's worst adversaries. And what I argue is that the anti-Semitism, while focused on Jews and the Jewish state in her case, at the end of the day is really about hatred of Judeo-Christian Western civilization. It's Jews as representative of, a symbol of, a contributor to, and a stand-in for, ultimately, American principles, the principles that are core to our civilization. And as for why she gets a pass on this, my simple response, backed in great detail in American ingrate, is that the Democratic Party has embraced a progressive wing that has fallen in love with an ideology of supporting the so-called underdog uh, against the imperialist, occupying, colonialist, oppressive Western powers. And the Palestinian, the Arabs of Palestine are sort of the stand-in for that position. But as I argue in the book, it goes far deeper to this unholy alliance that Andrew, Andrew McCarthy has written extensively about between the left and the Islamists that's developed historically. And Jew hatred has been the glue that has held that so-called intersectional alliance together for decades. And now we're seeing it, you know, we saw it with Jeremy Corbyn in the UK, and now it's here in the United States as well. And again, that should scare Americans that the party of JFK is now a party of Edward Said, Yasser Arafat, Jeremy Corbyn, and the likes of now AOC, Ilhan Omar, and Bernie Sanders. Yeah, it's really scary. I got about a minute left, Ben. We're talking to Ben Weingarten about his new book. And um, I, I, I just... I wonder, Ben, based on all your research, the time you spent looking into it, talking to the people in Minnesota, can she be ousted? There are a couple of people who've raised their hand, said we'd like to we'd like to challenge her. Is there a chance she could lose the election this fall? In my opinion, it is very unlikely, in part because, and this is a critical point to make, it's not the very large Somali refugee population there that is really her core constituency. At the end of the day, it is woke white elites who are her core constituency. And those are the people who really run the party there. And consequently, I spoke with several Democratic officials even who indicated she's unbeatable in her party, unprimaryable with the exception of maybe Al Franken running against her. And obviously that'd be a big step down for ah. Al Franken. He's not in the race. It looks very unlikely that any of these Republicans will be able to mount a serious challenge, although I hope, certainly hope they do. I want this issue to be nationalized. That's one of the reasons that I wrote this book in the first place. I think maybe our only hope is law enforcement action. I'm not sure we're going to get that action based upon how we've seen all of these other scandals play out when the political orientations of the people involved are the way they are. But part of the purpose of this book is to expose Omar so that even if she doesn't herself go down and is not herself purged from her party, that we don't wake up in a decade and have 10 or 50 or 100 Elhan Omars in Congress. It's a great book. His name is Ben Weingarten. Just look up American Ingrate. You'll find it and go to BenWeingarten.com. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Mike. Really appreciate it.